Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Let's Talk America with host Shana Thornton, and right here on the ever-popular Blog Talk Radio Network. We are excited and grateful you have elected to join us this evening. We just opened the show to the tunes of jazz musician John Porter. We want to welcome everyone to this national show for the entire community. And when I say the entire community, listeners, I really am talking about all of the communities. No one is excluded, truly. This show is for all of us. Real talk for real people. That's our tagline here on the show. We spotlight critical topics and guests that shape the world we live in. Stay connected with the show. And please share us with everyone you know. Thank you. Please know that the listeners inspire and influence this national show. We have a very special and timely topic this evening. Did you know that October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month? This is a very important issue for all of us. It's everyone's problem. It's the awkward topic no one wants to discuss. Yet I'm pretty certain most of us have had some sort of connection to a domestic violence victim or perpetrator. Domestic violence does affect all of us, our mothers, sisters, our aunts, our cousins, and friends. And yes, even men can be victims also, just not as common, but it does occur. Today we will address both the victim and the perpetrator and offer viable help. I am excited and proud of this platform. Listeners of Let's Talk America with host Shana Thornton, we have a serious and critical show this evening. Truly. Let's get it all started right now. But first, hi there everyone, it's Shana Thornton, host of your show, Let's Talk America, featured right here on the ever-popular Blog Talk Radio Network. You know, we really love our loyal listeners. Listen in right now as we have a few that wanted to provide some great feedback on the show. Ladies and gentlemen, make sure that you tune into the next show of Let's Talk America, that first show where you hear all types of information that you can learn from different guests, an excellent show. Yeah. 
Boys, and I've been recently listening to Let's Talk America, which hosts Shana Thornton for the past few weeks, and I thoroughly enjoy the guests. Um, she has some very thought-provoking guest questions, and and it's been been really interesting and good, and I hope to continue to listen to her show throughout the rest of the year. Very nice. Do you want to get on the air and express your delight about the show? Or do you have important community news you want to share with a national audience? Please email the show at letstalkshana at gmail.com. We will connect with you. Also, we are currently accepting fan photographs for our Wall of Fame on Instagram. Stay connected with the show. We are busy, but with a purpose. Right now, we will go over our words of inspiration for today's show. This is a segment on the show where I provide meaningful statements. Today, we have the great thinker, Albert Einstein, who once said, Life is like riding a bicycle. To keep your balance, you must keep moving. Life is like riding a bicycle. To keep your balance, you must keep moving. Proceed with balance. Proceed with life. Powerful words from the late great thinker, Albert Einstein. Let's transition over to tonight's featured topic. October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. Did you know that every nine seconds in the United States, a woman is assaulted or beaten? Did you know around the world, at least one in every three women has actually been beaten, coursed into sex, or otherwise abused during her lifetime. Most often, the abuser is a member of her very own family. Did you know that domestic violence is the leading cause of injury to women, more than car accidents, muggings, and rapes combined? Did you know that studies actually suggest that up to 10 million children witness some form of domestic violence annually? Did you know that nearly one in five teenage girls who have been in a relationship, said a boyfriend threatened violence or self-harm if presented with a relationship breakup. Did you know that every day in the United States, more than three women are murdered by their husbands or boyfriends? And lastly, did you know that 92% of women surveyed listed reducing domestic violence and sexual assault as their top concern? Kim Frederick is with the Women's Resource Center to End Domestic Violence out of Atlanta, Georgia. She coordinates all of the community outreach programming. Kim, welcome to Let's Talk America with host Shana Thornton. We have some critical questions for you today. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Thank you for coming on the show. You know, October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month, so this issue is also relevant and always timely. But first, Kim, what exactly is domestic violence? Please define it and let our listeners know, is it just physical and who does it happen to? Is it just women? Um, Domestic violence is really a situation where people are in a relationship. Um, It can be boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife. It could even be an adult uh, child to a parent. Okay. kind of family dynamic where one person in the relationship is creating an atmosphere of fear. And okay. this is done through all kinds of abusive tactics. It might be physical abuse. It might be um, threatening to abuse physically. Mm. Or it might be banging things, breaking things, um, just lots of emotional tormenting, 
It could also be financial control. It could be um, the slightest thing in terms of saying, you know, why are you saying that? Why do you wear that? Um, mm. Who are you talking to? Okay. Be controlling things about a person's life that really an adult should be able to control on their own. I see. Choose their, their course of action. So I think so many times individuals think of domestic violence just between that man and that woman and the physical abuse. But you're saying it even includes elderly abuse or child abuse or when someone has control in a very unhealthy manner over anyone. That's right. And Hmm. family violence can look different from one community to another as well. Um, We work with some folks who have immigrated here where um, abuse of a daughter-in-law by a mother-in-law might be the circumstance that we're dealing with. So uh, it can look like, um, you know, a variety of things. But, of course, the thing that comes to mind, and actually the thing that we at our center deal with most commonly, is relationship violence. And usually, even though women can use violence and be abusive, the fear and the terror is um, generally um, felt by women because it's it's a man who has a lot of power, physical strength, maybe more financial ability, perhaps. Um, and we also know that every year in October, we have our vigil, reading the names of people who have died in Georgia. Yes. Just in our state, um, since I've been doing this work um, beginning in 1994, there's always, always been in Georgia right around 100 people who are dead, and most of those people are women and children and some men. But we have to face the real situation that the serious and deadly impact is uh, felt by women. It's women and children who are dying and mm. and having to run away feeling terrified. Mm. That doesn't excuse women who slap or women who yes. are verbally abusive or, or women who do things that are even more serious. But the idea that um, we, we, sh- we shouldn't look away from the truth that too many of our young men and older men, even our boys, yes. are taught that they should, in fact, their partner or else they're not a real man mm. and that control can be established in a number of ways um, maybe um, controlling um, you know, where she goes what she does um, maybe maybe controlling who she talks to whether or not she works um, and people have said to me I'm not even allowed to have an opinion unless it's given to me oh wow control can go very very deep and get very very frightening it does escalate over time and um, people end up having to leave feeling terrified. Mm. And um, sometimes we have to help people actually leave the area, change their Social Security numbers, and stay in hiding in a confidential um, location under an address confidentiality program. So this is the most extreme situation, but it does happen. Wow. You know, Kim, it's an interesting concept or notion because you did mention that, unfortunately, some men are taught that to be a man, if you will, to hold true to their gender. They have to control or think they and somehow have to dictate the actions of other individuals. And looking at that or realizing that from what you said, that disturbs me, but it also makes me realize So much of it is as parents and guardians and as loved ones, we have to help redefine what a man is to uh, a a society or a culture of boys that are coming up, right? Exactly. Um, Too often our little ones, our little boys are taught, 
don't cry. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. you're, you're being a baby. You know, a little child as young as five or six years old, yes. don't cry. You know, and, and, you know, be a man. Be told to be a man when yes. you're five and six years old. Too often this is the kind of message that little boys get really early on. And um, it's interesting to see how differently we treat our little boys and our little girls. And, um, and I really believe that teaching all children that it's good to be kind, it's good to be gentle yes. and strong, and whatever strength you have, use it in the service of others, to help others, and, and never to believe that you get to choose someone else's path. That's right. Um, and remembering, too, that in a relationship between one person and another, you're really, in a way, signing up for potential disappointment. Okay. Human beings change their minds. Yes. Human, be- human beings break one another's hearts. Yes, yes. And they um, they disappoint each other. We do that to one another because we're people. Because That's right. Not perfect. Because life is interesting and complicated. Yes, it is. And and we have to teach our children to be prepared to deal with these kinds of disappointments. Mm. So if if your son has a girlfriend and she decides that she doesn't want to be with this your son and she she instead wants to go with another boy. Yeah. It's like we have to teach our sons and our daughters. First of all, how to be truthful, how to be kind, how That's to right. think of another's feelings and not just think of ourselves. That's right. And when someone does disappoint us or change their mind or break our hearts. Because it's going to happen at some it point. It does happen. And mm-hmm. what we can do then is we can feel sad, we yes. can cry, That's we can right. grieve. But the loss of something that may have been very important, maybe we had hopes and plans and dreams of having the perfect relationship and marriage and family and how okay. life. But But if someone disappoints you and changes their mind, what we can do, all of us. That's right. Grieve and cry. That's right. Regroup and get up and remember that probably it doesn't have a whole lot to do or everything to do with you. That's you right. You do a lot with them and whatever they're going through in their lives. And, um, you know, you may want to if someone does break your heart and leave you behind and, and hurt you and betray you and disappoint you, you may want to reassess how you behaved in the relationship. Yes. Changes. Smart. In any case, you can't let their tires, beat them up, no. beat up the new girlfriend. You know, no, like, no, absolutely. But, don't, but doesn't it happen? It happens too much. And people then have criminal records and they can't get, yes. can't get an apartment and they can't get the job they want. And it's heartbreaking to see what happens because instead of pausing and waiting and feeling our emotions without acting irrationally, yes. we, we go ahead and act. We do, we do things that are hurting ourselves and others. And um, instead, if we can learn to just feel the distress without going off and giving ourselves a minute to think clearly and then respond appropriately, yes. that would help a lot. You know, some of, so much of it, Kim, seems to be the ability to deal with your emotions in a responsible and proper way. Right. Mm. Human beings have such a low tolerance for feeling uncomfortable. Yes, we, want to yes, we do. Hurry. We want to get away from that uncomfortable feeling, so we distract ourselves. Mm. Sometimes with alcohol, with drugs, yes. with sex, with driving yes. fast, with immersing ourselves 24-7 in distractions like video games and yes. TV. And, and instead, I think we're so much better off if we can say, I don't feel very good, and that's going to be okay. I can feel my sadness. I can feel my grief feel my disappointment. I can even feel rage. That's right. Sit and feel it without doing things that are going to make the situation worse. Yes. Not going to substitute um, you know, what I think is going to be relief and, and, and for, for my feelings when that thing that we often choose as an escape only 
complicates things mm. more. So true. You know, I've got to ask this, Kim, because I think this is a question that a lot of observers or loved ones of domestic violence victims feel. You know, family and friends will often become frustrated with the victim, thinking, why doesn't she just leave him? He's abusing her. He's giving her black eyes. She's with child, and he's hurting her physically or emotionally. Can you offer some insight into the mindset of the victim? Yes, I think I can. Um, having worked with many, many people um, over the years, I can say this. There are many reasons why people stay yes. and go back to violent relationships, and some of those reasons are valid. Some of those reasons have to do with she is very convinced because of her faith that okay. divorce is never acceptable. Perhaps mm. she's very convinced because she was raised without a father that she'll never, ever have her children grow up without a father. Okay. Perhaps she's knowing that her whole religious community will shun her and she won't have any connection to people that are important to her. Perhaps she knows that leaving, just leaving, is going to mean financial crises for her children and for herself. Okay. All these reasons are valid, and at the same time, she might love him. She might hope that he's going to change. She might believe him when he says it will never happen again. She might think, well, it's the drinking. Or okay. it's because he's stressed out at work or whatever. But the thing is, usually, what we have to look at is this. Domestic violence makes people feel confused. You love this person. Yes. They make love to you. You have a history. You have a life that goes deep and wide. And, and now this person is hurting you you, and then they turn around and do something nice, and then there's an apology, and the children are crying, and what do you mean, you know, why are you saying that about daddy, or whatever, it goes on like, yeah. it's confusing, it's complicated, and it's painful, hmm. and this is what we know too, whenever women are feeling that it's gotten so bad that it, she's going to get seriously hurt, or maybe killed, or she sees the children begin to be affected in ways that children are affected. Okay. And she'll say, we have to do something. I have to make a change. And so women who are staying in our domestic violence safe house, yes. they're not only relieved to be away from the violence and the pain and the fear, they're also grieving. They're grieving the good things. They're grieving the okay. times where, where they laughed and loved and shared. I see. Um, and so the grief is, is also something that people have to say, I'm going to be courageous enough to do this. Okay. I'm fearless in my letting go because I can't go on with the destruction that's happening in my family, in my life, and the potential extreme danger. Mm. And so um, the grieving process happens and the letting go happens and people can move on. Mm. Sometimes people don't go anywhere because this person who is violent has said, if you go, I'm going to kill you. If you go, I'll hurt your family. In fact, one of the worst situations that I was um, involved with was when we we were looking at this woman making choices, and she did what, you know, she got the protective order. Yes. Took out an arrest warrant. She came into hiding and lived in, the, in a safe house. Okay. And this person that she was so afraid of went to the home of her mother and killed her 13-year-old sister. Oh, no. So sometimes people stay because they know that this person is dangerous, yes. don't know what else to do to keep the people that they love safe. And mm. She believes the, the threats, and, um, and she's terrified. So uh, what we try to say to people is, 
when you when you reach out to us, yes. you reach out to get help at a place like the Women's Resource Center, what happens is you have a community of people that surround you. And of course we can't guarantee anyone, you know, happy ever after and yes. safety. Of but course. you don't have to figure it out by yourself. You don't have to stand alone. Yourself. You can break from the isolation that he imposed. And what you have is a community and you have this community response because advocates are connected to police officers, connected to the courts, connected to the yes. safe houses, connected to services that help this person feel like she has a posse around yes. her. You know, she has support. Team. She has people who are going to say, we're going to stand with you in this. And sometimes, even though a man who is violent might believe that he owns her and the children, they're his property to do with what he wants, wow. he's that she's not alone. Yes, that she there's actually help. has support, then he'll back off. You know, Kim, I've got to know this because you break down the cycle very well for us. And we've got listeners all over the world uh, tuning in right now. Tell us, are there any obvious signs of a potentially abusive partner early in the relationship? Are there things that men and women should be looking for when they're getting to know someone? Right. Well, this is what I say to my daughter. I have a 24-year-old okay. daughter, and I always said when she was growing up and dating people, yes. I, said, I said, honey, you have to look at that person and ask yourself, who taught him how to be a person? Okay. So you look at his, you look at his family life. Okay. You look, at, you look to see what's happening um, between the parents. Okay. If, if, they're, if they're people who um, are, have been very violent with one another, for example. If a person has grown up in a home where there's been lots of violence, it's not a sure thing that they're going to continue that, but it's something that you want to look at. Yes. Um, and that said, growing up in a home where there's violence, of course, does not mean that you're going to be violent. Okay. It doesn't mean that you're going to experience violence, but it means that if, if you um, don't learn about domestic violence and learn about how people do not have to live that way, then you have a higher likelihood yes. repeating the cycle. Yes. Um, so in terms of early warning signs and red flags, um, you know, I ask children in schools when I go to talk to them about this, and the children come up with some wonderful ideas, things that I wouldn't have thought about. Um, but they'll say things like, um, well, sadly, one little boy said, when they want you to watch porn, it's like, oh, my goodness. It's like, of course, anything that's uncomfortable in terms of sexuality or sexual expression, very big red flag, because people need to feel like they get to choose Yes. That kind of thing. Um, so inappropriate touching, inappropriate comments. Okay. Um, embarrassing you in public. Yes. And then treating you as if, um, you know, your voice doesn't matter. Okay. You as if what you say doesn't matter. So lots of put downs and silencing and yes. sorts of things are, are absolutely abusive. Sometimes the abuse is incredibly subtle. Sometimes it looks like. You know, just check in. Check in because I want to know you're okay. Yes. So I'm going to be calling you, and I'm going to call, and I'm going to check. Or whenever I text you, text me right back because okay. I need to know you're okay, but really it's about surveillance. Mm -hmm. It's control. But I'm worried about you. It's yes. about surveillance. It's about who are you talking to, where are you, what are you doing. And, and then there's too often, you know, these wild imaginings about what what could be happening with this person that you're trying to control every every movement, breath, and thought. And we have people tell us, really, he got mad at me for what I dreamed. He got mad at me when oh. I told him about a dream I had. He got mad at me for, for having um, an opinion that was against his own. And so 
um, people that are feeling incredibly insecure, who want to who want to keep you yes. them by their side by any means. Um, they really need a lot of help and a lot of work. Okay. If they would stop to think about it, what they're actually doing is trading a relationship based on love and trust for one based on fear. Mm. A relationship based on fear, you might as well just have a prisoner. Yes. Because that's what you've created. This mm. situation where the person is walking on eggshells, tiptoeing around, living in fear, maybe even pretending or seemingly loving you. But maybe it's all because she's afraid that you're going to do something yeah. to her again if she behaves in any other way than what is acceptable. So, Kim, to your point, let's pay attention. If we're dating as young people, middle-aged individuals, whatever it is, pay attention to individuals and their actions and what they're saying. Don't say, well, he's just being like that. She's just being like that. Take people for their actions. Exactly. Mm. Um, and... Um, the idea that some of the time we have to not just believe what people say, but believe what people do as we're watching the behavior. It's like, how does this person treat the server yes. at the restaurant? Yes, how does that's person, right. How does this person um, react when, you know, um, a, a stranger says hello or asks for a dollar? Is it, is it, do you see cruelty? Do you see meanness? Do you see, um, you know, an, an uncaring um potentially violent response or do you or do you see someone who is is kind yeah now, when i talk to people about what it takes to be to have a healthy relationship what qualities do a person does a person need to have there's a simple little list i came up with and the first one is a good heart yes and that means is there kindness is there some gentleness to this human being do they feel confident enough to be vulnerable and um and to to express compassion um, is there a good heart? The other is a good mind, not a mind that has been altered and damaged with, a, with substances. Um, um, is this person um, able to be a good conversation partner? Yes. Somebody that you can actually interact with and feel that, that they're um, a good equal partner in terms of that. Um, so good mind, good heart, good humor. If they don't make you laugh, then what's the point? If you're going to have this relationship with this person, okay. you need that levity and joy in life. Um, the next thing is, does this person have a good work ethic? Okay. They understand that part of being a human being and part of being an adult in a healthy relationship is making sure that you're responsible for bringing some kind of income into the household. Yes. And lastly is the, is the sexual connection. And it's important, but it can't be the number one driving force that makes you choose this. That's right. Uh, Thank that you. That isn't a good... Uh, that's not a good um, indication that you're going to have a health, a happy, sorry, a happy, healthy, successful no, it's not. relationship. And that needs to be said because I think as people are at different maturity levels throughout their life, they have to know where the priority is. And to your point, it's about how people treat people and loving them. Kim, we've only got about a minute left, but before we get out of here, I have to ask this question because I've gotten a lot of emails and comments about this. How realistic is it that a woman will abuse a man, and how can a loved one help this awkward and uncommon situation? Well, Okay, how realistic is it's like well women do hit women okay slap um, sometimes women create an atmosphere of fear, okay, feels as if he needs to sort of tiptoe around or it's going to happen again okay um, and I think that 
you know, when we, when we look at all the statistics, and I'm not a real big statistics person, I'd rather just look at life around me, but right. in any case, um, what people like from the CDC, et cetera, are saying that um, it, it's about one-third of all women between the ages of 14 and 44 who will experience um, some sort of physical abuse in her lifetime by an intimate partner. And for men, it's more like 5 to 10%. Okay. So it still happens. It's still wrong. Um, and remembering, too, that it's not like it's the slap necessarily. All right. It's the creation of fear. I see. So it's a, it, may, it may look different from what it would look like if the woman was the victim. Right. See, there's illegal, there's illegal violence. Like you see that he's, he's texting another woman and, and, and she's sending um, topless photos. You're angry. You're hurt. Yes. You slap him. You destroy his phone. You've committed two crimes. That's right. <laughs> you, you committed an assault and battery, and you also con- committed the uh, destruction of property. So, um, so here's the thing. That's, that's wrong. Yes. You could go to jail. But is it exactly the domestic violence we're talking about, which is the systematic oppression over time, and it's, it's about keeping that person afraid, keeping that mm. person on edge. The, the, um, that's what we usually see happening with the escalation of violence and the fear in relationships, um, and, and certainly, like I said, with the, with the deaths that happen. Um, yes. We have uh, a lot of problems in terms of men's violence against women, and no person should be abused. No. Kim, we've got about 20 seconds. How can we find out more information about domestic violence? Is there a nationwide phone number for help? There is. There is. Thank you. It's 1-800-799-SAFE, S-A-F-E, 1-800-799-SAFE. And here in Georgia, it's 1-800-33-HAVEN, H-A-V-E-N. And um, if you look up domestic violence in your phone book, if you look on the Internet and, and Google domestic violence services, you'll find local safe houses um, that are ready to serve. Thank you, Kim. We appreciate you. Thank you so much. We will see everyone next Tuesday evening. Copyright 2013 by Shana Thor. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChumpaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.